Hi everyone, Ethan here. Um, this week we're doing The Martian, so he was isolated from the world, and so I figured I would do the same. You know, today with technology and the phone and the internet, it's like everything's so constant. And uh, so, yeah, I'm taking a break basically from everything. I'm going to take about a week and just sit here in the studio. I've turned everything off. I'm just completely alone. I have food, I have water, I have potatoes. Um, and I'm just going to be completely by myself. Um, hey, E-Man. Hey, uh, what's up? What's up, Ben? You want to go to lunch? Um, I'm kind of doing this whole isolation. Oh, come on, man. We're doing tacos. It's what ta- are these potatoes? You don't want those? It's Taco Tuesday. Barbacoa, baby. Okay, yeah, I'll meet you in the front in a minute. Sounds good. Um... Well, hey, listen, I was here for a good six, seven minutes before I started recording, and I think that was enough to really kind of understand what he was going through for the year or so that he was up there. Um, And uh, so I think I learned a lot. I'm a survivor. So, um, yeah, I hope you enjoy the show. Ben, wait, I want a churro, too. Bad science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Bad, 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 bad Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Bad Science. I am your host, Ethan Edinburgh, and we are talking about the much-anticipated film, The Martian, with my guests. First, we have a wonderful comedian you've probably seen on Jimmy Kimmel or Comedy Central. It's Neil Nanda. Hey, what's up, man? How's it going, Neil? I'm wonderful, man. Haven't seen you in a bit. It's been a while, man. Yeah. Thanks for the mint medley tea. Absolutely. Uh, Neil's drinking a mint medley tea, which you can get at Trader Joe's, I believe. And uh, he seems to be enjoying it. It's real good. Okay, it's real good. A review from Neil Nanda. Um, We also are joined by Dr. Bethany Ellman, a professor of planetary sciences at Caltech and research scientist at Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Hi, pleasure to be here. How's it going, Bethany? It's going very well. You're also drinking a tea. I am drinking a tea. Uh, It's a nice green tea. Ah, nice green tea. Where'd you get that? You know, I think it's a Steve Smith tea ordered online, Amazon.com. Oh, okay. Wow. Wow. Lot Scientists. Of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Getting their teas custom from the wow. internet. Internet tea. <laughs> wow. um, okay. So there's so much to get to with this film. I really feel like we could do several podcast episodes about it. And I do kind of understand why so many people uh, wanted us to do it. There's a lot to get to. But let's just start with your thoughts of the film. When did you first see the film? Uh, what's your What's your take on it? Well, I saw the film when it first came out, you know, within a week or two. I wasn't one of the ones lining up, but uh, I was eager to see it, eager to go in the theater because I'd heard a lot about the book by Andy Weir and all the engineers at the Jet Propulsion Lab were talking about it and how it nailed a lot of the process for how we go about exploring space. Great. And there was some sort of collaboration, right, for the movie? Yeah, there was a lot of consultation happening in okay. terms of, hey, if this happened, you know, how would, the, how, how would this really work? Yeah. So there was a little bit of back and forth. Okay, and what do you think what did you, when you left the theater? I, I enjoyed the movie. I, I loved uh, just kind of Matt Damon's attitude when he was stuck on Mars. You know, he's going to figure this out. Yeah. Not yeah. give up. Use the science. Use the use whatever he can to MacGyver it. I agree. There was some very nice, yeah, inspirational moments where he's kind of like having a good time with it. Not, I, th- I feel like in a lot of these movies are like going crazy and, uh, and figuring it out. But he was just kind of like an everyday guy. Yeah, there was a little bit of crazy getting in there at the end with the, the Captain Blonde beard or whatever it was. <laughs> right. But, you know, it took 500 days to get to crazy. Before then, he was doing really well. Yeah, he was fine. 
Yeah, 500 days of crazy. 500 souls of crazy. Souls of crazy. Souls, yeah. <laughs> Indeed. I still don't know what a soul is. Uh, why don't you school It is a Martian here. solar day. There it is, the Martian how, solar How long day. is that? It's about 24 hours and 40 minutes or so, so just a hair uh, longer than an Earth day. It just so happens wow. Mars happens to rotate at almost the same speed as Earth. Wow. Is that, how how normal is that? Because I would assume it was a much different be, day. Yeah, yeah, it could be crazy, but uh, it just so happens Mars is relatively Earth-like in this way. Okay, interesting. I had no idea. I was just like, all right, cool, 30 more souls. Yeah, because at one point he says the time, too. He says, like, it's 6.35 here on Soul 19. I was like, 6.35? What are you talking? What yeah. what time hemisphere are you on? What does that mean? Right. Um, but I guess it's, like, very similar. Yeah, yeah. So, we, you know, keep track of time on Mars, very similar to Earth. So when that the sun's at a certain angle, it is 6.35 a.m. Okay. Wow. Deal. Well, what was your uh, take on the film when you saw it? Um I thought it was uh, too long. <laughs> it was uh, probably an hour to an hour and a half too long. Right. Sure. Uh, Wait, you wanted a thirty-minute film? <laughs> I wanted a thirty-minute film. It was two and a half a hours. Short film. <laughs> it was it was two hours and twenty-five minutes. Yeah. yeah. I watched it last night and I counted. Uh, it's a long minute. film. Yeah. It was. A, uh, I thought it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I love Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was a comedy. Uh, I know it won uh, Golden Globe for Best Comedy. That's correct. It won the Best Motion Picture for Musical or Comedy and Best Actor Musical or Comedy to Matt Damon. Yeah, it was nor musical, neither a comedy. Correct, yeah. Um, but uh, it did have some. It had Kristen Wiig and Donald Glover. Right, but it they weren't elements. necessarily being funny. It wasn't like filled with jokes or anything. No, Does I laughed that... maybe twice. Yeah, controversial characterization, but I thought it was hilarious. Actually, everything that Matt Damon had to do and the the, the quirky NASA guys. Okay, so, okay. so I thought it was funny, but I, I agree that I would not have categorized it as a comedy either. I would have tended to stick it in the drama category. But yeah, I guess exactly. I was trying to straddle that line. I think there were a lot of funny parts also, but the way that a lot of action movies are funny or the way a lot of drama movies are funny where it's like oh it's nice that there's comic relief and such but I wouldn't yeah say it's a comedy film right so but I liked it oh, that was a good movie okay I great it, yeah. yeah I liked it as well I thought it was entertaining I thought it was fun I like that it was seemingly accurate like there wasn't too many parts where I just felt like oh that's totally ridiculous you know it really felt like oh this is kind of a you know legit well, space movie I just wouldn't know I have no idea. Like well, we're going to get into it. Yeah, there were a lot of <laughs> things where I was like, is that accurate? Yeah. Which I guess we'll find out. There are out. some things that are not, but there is yeah. a lot that is. So, okay, you know, okay. we can talk about it. We'll separate it. the fact from <laughs> yeah, fiction sure. here today. Uh, I have a lot of questions. But but before we even get into that, um, I saw in one of your emails that you were saying that it's a big week uh, for those of us who are deciding where to send rovers to Mars, that there's like a Mars 2020 science team that is having like pre-workshop meetings. Yeah, this is a big week. It actually starts tomorrow. Uh, We are deciding where to send the next rover, which is going to launch in the year 2020. And uh, there's a whole planet out there. As uh, anyone who's watched The Martian can appreciate, there are long distances to be considered. You can't get everywhere. And so uh, we as a science community have to decide what is the golden spot for this for this rover. Where okay. does it get to go? Speaking of golden spot, are you considering Acidalia Planitia? No, you know, Acidalia Planitia <laughs> is not on the list, uh, nor is Chaparelli Crater. Uh, from, a, from a, you know, uh, following the water on Mars, looking for life, those are not the most exciting uh, okay. places to go, but they are flat places to land, and so you know, the Martian did nail that. They got that right. Those okay. are good places, flat places to land, and so they are safe. Uh, but we're going to try to go somewhere a little bit more exciting from the life front with our 2020 rover. Oh. 
What does that mean? Exciting life on, on the, the life, life front. front. That means we're going to go someplace where there was a lot of evidence for water in the past flowing Ooh. through rocks. And we're going to take a look at those f- rocks and see if there are any micro fossils or biosignatures of, nice. uh, of life with this next rover. I hope you find it. I hope so, too. So it's a big week. and But it was nice, actually, to kick off this week by watching The Martian, which which had a little fun uh, with Mars exploration before we get into the work uh, later Great. in the week. Um, yeah, I thought it was really funny how, because a lot of movies will start and it'll say, you know, Boston, Massachusetts. And we all know what that means. And this movie started by saying Acidalia Planitia. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But I thought that was really funny how it, like, said a location. Instead of saying Mars, it just said, like, a very specific location on Mars. And I was just... I I was like, who knows what that is? I have no idea what that means. Her. She knows what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Appreciate yeah, and the few hundred other scientists who are yeah. going to be here. But we're a pretty, like, nerdy like, oh, cool. <laughs> but you, too, can go online on uh, mars.google.com and check out all these landforms if you want to know where they are. Retrace Matt Damon's steps. Great. That's yeah, let's do cool. that. I'm going to do that, actually. That sounds really fun. Do it. Sweet. It's fun. Explore Mars. Um, so at the beginning of the film, there's a windstorm. I I guess, or maybe it's a regular storm. It's dark, so I don't really know what kind dark of storm and stormy. It is. Yeah, yeah, it's but dark not and stormy. Like the drink. Yeah, <laughs> no, a worse no, version. No blue moon. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I was wondering, like, does that happen? How often it happens? And why weren't they more prepared? Yeah, and uh, okay, this is one of the aspects not accurate. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Mars does have amazing dust storms. In fact, Mars is actually just coming out of an amazing dust storm. Some of you may know that the Opportunity rover hasn't phoned home for months because right. it was the sun the sunlight that would have powered it was blocked out by the global dust storm. So storms on Mars are real and they fill the atmosphere with dust. But the but is that strong winds on Mars are not real. Gotcha. So the mm. atmosphere on Mars is like 0.6% the thickness of Earth's atmosphere. Mm. So even if you get that that atmosphere moving along super fast, there's just not a lot of force there because there's not a lot of molecules to move. Mm. And so... Um, unlikely to get impaled with a piece of hardware by a uh, storm on Mars. You're more likely to get coated in dust such that you can't see. Okay, so it wouldn't be, yeah, emergency evacuation situation. Yeah, so the windstorm can see big, strong winds. Yeah, not not Martian, but they got the dusty part right. Hard visibility. But would they know that that was going to happen, or would it be, you know, could it happen all of a sudden? That was pretty quick. Okay. Oh, you're saying it was too quick. Eh, It was a little quick. I, I mean, you know, yeah. dust storms locally, they 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 can rise up. That was that was a little quick on the scale of you know, it was like basically fine, fine, fine. Ten minutes later, boom. Everything. It yeah. was yeah. a yeah. minute later. It was right. moments later. They were like, all right, we gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. And the decision was to walk on the surface to a different uh, vehicle, which I also thought was weird. And it was like, we have to leave now and we're not in the right thing. Like we're not connected to, uh, I don't know, the MAV in order to leave. And so we have to go on foot in the storm to the MAV. And I just thought like, this seems like a weird uh, series of events. Well, I think that part actually made sense because they're going to park their big old rocket away from their habitat module so that they don't like pulverize their habitat when they uh, when, oh, when they, they take leave. off. But uh, And I think they had to walk because if you think back to that rover vehicle thing that they had, you mm-hmm. know, that, that didn't hold like all, what was it, six of them? Oh, Seven right, right. Of them. Yeah, right. so I think I think they put on their big old spacesuits to mm-hmm. be safe and then had to had to march on out mm-hmm. there yeah. operationally. And then got hit by a and satellite got, dish got or whatever got hit by a dish that the winds would not have been strong enough to do that, but hey. We had to strand Matt Damon somehow. Matt Damon had to to get get stuck stuck somehow. Right, right. Okay. Um, And so 
So two things uh, when that was happening. One is that there was an issue uh, Michael Pena was dealing with where, where the Mav was tilting because of the wind. And so, A, it seems like what you're saying is that the wind wouldn't be strong enough to make something tilt like that. And then, B, my main question was, like, if you know the winds are that strong, would you make something that is susceptible to tilting like that or falling over? Right? Well, okay, so I think if we accept that uh, in the uh, Mars of the Martian <laughs> that there are strong winds, that would be a problem with the big old rocket that you have okay. to, to escape off. I mean, you know, it's not designed to tilt in the wind, but you're also not going to try to land some sort of stabilization structure because that would take a lot of extra work to oh, try to land some stabilization yeah. thing, extra weight. You have to bring down the Mars. So, <laughs> I mean, if we're going to accept that they had big winds, absolutely, this would be a problem. Big winds tilting over their rocket so that it might not be able to blast straight off Mars. Right. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was so, I don't know, that 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 raised my ears a little bit. I was like, whoa, your, your escape, the only way that you can escape the planet is like it, the wind could knock it over it seems so uh yeah elementary space exploration's hard man what lots of risk it's hard really why would it be why yeah, is it so just, hard uh, i know, you know in the movies it's so easy you figure it out yeah uh, just figure it out yeah seemed like they figured it out and, uh, they i mean did pretty figure quick. it out yeah, that was yeah. the fun part <laughs> <laughs> the other one is the rod or i don't know exactly what it was but like piece of metal that like punctures his suit and he gets back in and he like takes it out and he says that like uh, the 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 it like sealed his suit the rod and so I was curious about that because it would seem to me that if something were to I don't know puncture your suit that like air would get in does that make sense Yeah I mean I think what he said and it, and it kind of makes sense to me you have to get lucky but then again that was sort of the point that he was lucky mm. that he got impaled so his suit started leaking but then he said something along the lines of like the blood coag- coagulating oh right uh, like sealed uh. up the area around where where he got impaled so yeah. uh, good for clotting okay good for yeah. clotting sometimes you want a clot you want a clot yeah <laughs> sometimes you want a clot um, and then uh, and uh, so he's a botanist but I was just wondering if all like if you're an astronaut if you get medical training no matter what because he seemed like he really knew what he was doing with the whole surgery uh, aspect of it there yeah I think it's kind of you know like a lot of field units in the army you get basic field medic training so you're able to deal with situations I'm okay. not an expert not an astronaut don't know but that's my sense of that the training is pretty extensive because okay. you you have to learn how to deal with stuff when stuff goes wrong right right that makes sense do you have any basic training and anything no I don't know anything. I'm just, I'm learning so much right now. <laughs> okay, great. What about the uh, gravity? It seemed like the gravity was like the same as Earth when they were walking around or like very similar. Yeah, so the gravity's lighter on, on Mars. Uh, it's, it's about quarter third. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's interesting. They they didn't really bounce around, and I don't know whether we should interpret if that's because they got used to it, so they were no longer like skipping around like little kids, uh-huh. <laughs> or right. if it was just because their suits were heavy. Yeah, and so they were just you know moving deliberately. I don't know. I didn't think too much about that one. That's a good catch. Okay. I, I didn't yeah, think about I just it. well because usually if they're on the moon or on like a weird planet, you're right. Yeah, there's more of a bounce uh, bounce house effect, and here they just yeah I don't know they were seeming like everything's kind of normal ish. So I was just curious if that's yeah the case no gravity's lighter uh mm-hmm. but you know i'm thinking that maybe it's the heavy space suit that's kind of keeping them from skipping it's not the gravity on mars is not as light as the moon though so it's, oh, it's mm-hmm. like an in-between in between earth and earth moon. and moon mm, yeah gravity okay okay yeah i'll buy it um <laughs> so here's a big one 
he grows food. Yeah. On Mars. I liked that part. I love that too. I did too, but I had no idea if that was possible. Me neither. He uses their poop, uh, which is tightly sealed. Uh, is there? Is there? Is that a practice? Does that happen? Uh, you know, I, I actually am not familiar with astronaut waste handling, but it seems to me to make sense. <laughs> like, like, you suck the water out and then you stick the dry stuff somewhere else. I mean, that kind of makes sense. Sure. You know? <laughs> I mean, I like how, uh, like, organized it was. You know, it was nice that there wasn't just astronaut poop all over this new planet. That'd be kind of yeah. gross. Yeah. But also, like, I wouldn't be shocked. You know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, that's totally a human thing. We're just to like the first poop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're the Mars. first ones on the on the new planet, and we're just all gonna right. poop all over the place. Turn Mars into New York City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Urine within a week. Poop, yeah, <laughs> it's a deli. <laughs> just smells for some reason. Also, off of pooping on the plants, which is maybe a little more pleasant. I I loved the part where he had to figure. You know, he figured out that he needed to set up a greenhouse and just got moving on it with those potatoes. Yeah. Uh, and that is pretty realistic. We uh, from all the measurements that we made with landers and and rovers the mars soil is such that you could grow things in it with a little bit of fertilizer a little bit of nitrogen kind of fertilizer which uh, conveniently supplied and available uh so so this was realistic and um i i think a lot of people get excited you know about the prospect of of growing things on mars and as matt damon's character points out in the movie you know first colonists he's growing crops and harvesting crops yeah pretty cool yeah it's great that was pretty cool. I, I like that too, and I liked also, you know, how he uh, he had to he had to figure out how to get more water uh, somehow, right. and so he's using he's turning rocket fuel into water, yeah, which is pretty impressive. Was that that all yeah. made sense? You know, I have to say, I I am not a physical chemist, and so the details. So so it does make sense that you have to oxidize your hydrogen, your H two. You have to turn it into H two O. So you need to add oxygen. Uh, as for the exact details of his setup, I couldn't speak to it, but the principles are right on. Okay. Yeah, because it was at the fire, right? It was the yes to combust it to, to, combust to get the it. O in there. Right. I was also thinking, and this happens to me all the time while watching movies. Like I would be so screwed i'd be dead i'd be so I'd be dead. so dead i eat the potatoes and die yeah that's what would happen and i'd complain about it the yeah. whole time like potatoes again <laughs> potatoes again and blame my friends for leaving me yeah i mean yeah so you wouldn't be able to figure out right how to do any of that stuff no absolutely i, could, I wouldn't even know where to start i probably could barely use a microwave i'd probably be like <laughs> oh these potatoes are cold again probably i'm not be. eating it today yeah I mean, would you do you would you feel confident being there? Like, I can farm stuff and I can make water. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, that, this was one of my favorite parts of the movie was Matt Damon, the MacGyver character, just you know figure out how to make it happen, how to make it happen, right? Like, and and he kind of says this at the end when he's lecturing to his class. He's like, you're you're gonna feel like you're gonna get, gonna die, and you have to push through that, and you have to figure it out. Oh, what's the next step? Not to die right now, yeah. <laughs> and then not yeah. to die right now, and then not to die right now, and just figure it out, work the problem. Yeah, uh, and I really like that that yeah. that kind of attitude. That ethos, and he had a sense of humor while doing it. That's true. I do. You, are there like uh, I would assume that there's like pamphlets or like some sort of like book that they put on the space shuttle that just has like basic, you know, here's how to farm, here's how to make water, here's how to like just oh, in like case the something standard happens. Standard library, just in case. You know, I have <laughs> no idea. You'll have to get on someone on the show who's been in the astronaut corps and can talk about some of these things. But I mean, I can say that astronaut training is so broad because Mm -hmm. you basically become a mechanic a medic a pilot uh you gain like 
you just train and gain all these crazy skills that you would otherwise have, you know, no so, normal need for. So it, it's it's like this amazing training. But uh, you still can't keep everything in your head. So maybe there is some sort of like how to do everything yeah. manual. I would hope so. Yeah. I kind of need that just for me. Yeah, I need that for just life. Life. How do you oil change? How to do everything. My car. Like, yeah. let's see manual. Yeah. <laughs> someone, yeah. someone should write that. Yeah. Like, Neil? Yeah, I'll work. Just me? What? <laughs> You're going to work on that? I'll work on it. All right. I'll thank get back you. To you guys. Amazon. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say? The, uh, like, most of the people, most of the astronauts in the movie didn't seem particularly old, and yet the training you're talking about sounds like really intense. You know what the like average age is for an astronaut? Uh, you know, I don't know that off the top of my head. My sense is it's somewhere between 30 and 50 years old. Okay, that makes sense. Just seems you'd have to be so accomplished and know so much, and and, and but also be physically, you know, uh, ready for it. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm already physically drained. Yeah. Right? I have no training. And like, it's not even like 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I just feel like I would. my peak was probably like 23, 24. But then I then again, by that point, I probably don't know that much. So I didn't know like anything. Weird, didn't know anything. Nothing. I <laughs> yeah. didn't know anything. So. I could barely read. <laughs> <laughs> and today? Barely read. <laughs> not, not much change. Not much change. Um, okay. I, I had a question about the oh, fire. Yeah, yeah, go. Yeah. Um, so they didn't seem to have much flammable stuff on the on board. Is that common uh, in you know space exploration? They try not to have flammable things. Yeah, definitely try not to have flammable things because fire is dangerous in a few ways. It's dangerous like directly, and then it also eats up all the oxygen if you've got a fire going. So mm. avoid fire, avoid fire. And, you know, some of that is a legacy that's probably built into the DNA of the astronaut program because uh, I don't know if you remember the, one of the Apollo early Apollo tragedies, uh, Gus Grissom and, and two, two colleagues were burnt up in a fire that was on the launch pad. They couldn't get them out of the capsule in time. And so even though they were on the ground waiting for launch rather than in the air, they, they died because of fire, because it wow. consumed all the oxygen in the capsule. Um, and so so it's kind of built into the, to the DNA of the program. Avoid fire at all costs. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He says at some point, right? He says like... NASA uh, doesn't... Really NASA hates fire because it kills people in space or something like that. So that's like mostly avoid fire. Avoid Fire's fire. not good. Fire's yeah. not good. But they make a bomb towards oh, the yeah. end of the movie. Another instance use of fire. Or yeah, firepower or something. Yeah. <laughs> Which I was. That was another moment where I, I don't know. It feel it felt unnecessary to me. Of course, coming from a place of I don't know anything about how to solve anything in space. Right. But they're like, I think the problem was they were going too fast and they needed to slow down quickly. And so I just couldn't believe that there was no, like, thrusters or, like, a break program. Well, they tried to use their, they did try to use their thrusters, but their thrusters weren't getting them there in time. She did the calculation with the thrusters, and it still didn't fully solve the problem. So they needed to figure out a way to shed that speed. And that was the, and I that, mean, for you. That was the best thing. That I guess they had something, like. 35 40 minutes I think it was the to solve the problem before they were going to they were going to come around the planet and and rendezvous with uh, Matt Damon in his spinning capsule so they had like 40 minutes to work the problem figure out what to do and, and I guess that was that was the best answer that they could come up with in short time period was to to blow the atmosphere out <laughs> that, that is such a fourth grade response to that just like build a bomb blow it up 
<laughs> we go the other way. It's true. Really? Yeah. And he says also that it's like five times more powerful than a stick of dynamite. He's like, there's like five dynamites. And at that moment, I was like, what? Yeah. Why just, so powerful? And they just powerful? had the stuff to make it. They just had the... He was a chemist. That was the... That's what she said. That, that was the shtick there. But I, you, you said fourth grade response was the bomb. I don't know. The fourth grade response is, I'm going to be Iron Man. Right. right. Oh, yeah. that too. Yeah. Another moment yeah. of, yeah, ridiculousness. But yeah, I thought the bomb could have been, I, I don't know, either a lot less powerful because it seems so dangerous yeah. um i mean i work like a charm so what am i talking about <laughs> i mean yeah it worked so, so <laughs> obviously yeah, obviously I, you know i i think bombs uh, are the solution Duh. <laughs> you can build them quick yeah and they work let's get a chemist <laughs> yeah i think they're lucky they didn't blow up their spaceship but then again that wouldn't have been a great movie ending right it would have been realistic though if they blow up the whole spaceship right? and then at the end it was like may this be a lesson <laughs> yeah. Don't use bombs for every problem you have. <laughs> um, maybe they just should have not got Matt Damon. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Also, don't go back for him. <laughs> well, okay. So I have so many uh, things that this is bringing up. So one, let's talk about what you mentioned, which is the glove Iron Man move. That also right. was a moment to me of like, wait a minute. That didn't seem to make sense to me either. You're going to purposefully pierce your spacesuit in space? Well, so it's the same issue, right? You have to figure out some sort of a way... Because he, he was going to end up short, right? They they weren't going to be able to get close enough to each other. So mm-hmm. he had to figure out some way to get some sort of thrust. Right. right. And the only thing he could think of was releasing air from his suit. He, d- he didn't have the kind of suit with him that, that the, uh, that the uh, commander had that had the little thruster packs on it. So he had to figure right. out a way to create his own thruster. So it's not a bad idea. I don't know that it would have had the amount of power that... Uh, a lot of power. That, had, well, like, the power and then also the control. Yeah, although that I mean, was a I pretty guess, crazy looking path. I'm yeah, not, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, it, yeah. It, it's, it's, it was that whole rescue attempt. A lot of things had to work just right yeah, for it to work. Right, right. That's so true. And it was really. So, yeah, one, I love your defense of this film. Let me just say that. You are very much. Yeah, you're on board. Well, I mean, there are some things that are scientifically wrong with it, but there are some things that they got the gist right. I just feel like I'm talking to somebody who was a consultant on the movie and is here, like, to do PR. I feel like we're talking to the director. Yeah, Yeah, we find out your last name is Scott after this. (laughs) Um, No, so, well, my, my problem with it was that Usually, typically, from what I understand, that what you want to avoid by you know at all costs is puncturing your suit when you're in space because it'll like kill you very quickly. And so I thought that solution to puncture his glove like would have I don't know just like the atmosphere or like the vacuum of space would have destroyed his hand or or I don't know how it would kill him. I just assume it would kill him. Well, I mean, so he was going to be dead if he didn't reach the ship. So given the choices of dead for sure and dead maybe, (laughs) I'm going to pick dead maybe. I'm okay with dead maybe. Sure, dead maybe. Dead maybe. Yeah, I think like desperate measures call for, like desperate times call for desperate desperate measures. I think like it was was at the point where he's like, ah, whatever I can do to, to not die. Yeah, but wouldn't it, I guess that's my question is do you think it would have at least like his hand, like destroyed his hand. Well, so 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 what's going to happen is that your suit is pressurized. It's pressurized from a tank on the suit, 
and that tank is working hard. It's trying to pump air in the suit to keep you pressurized. Like, that's what the system's designed to do. So if you've got a hole in your glove, that tank's just going to keep pumping out to try to compensate for the air you're losing through the glove. So as long as the suit stays mostly pressurized, you know, you're not going to die instantaneously from a leak. Okay. Right? Mm. It's 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 like a competition between that tank pumping out air and the leak losing it to space. Right. And like, would you, so would you eventually lose oxygen? Is that? Oh, eventually. Sure. I mean, if he missed them, he'd just Iron Man Man out through (laughs) his glove into space and eventually suffocate due to lack of oxygen or something equally unpleasant. Okay. And then she was kind of like on a tethered thing Mm -hmm. also. Um, I guess. And then he kind of grabbed that and they were able to like, you know, finagle or whatever. Is that, is that somewhat realistic? They usually like on a tethered Situation. Yeah, so I I, uh, I am definitely not an expert in in astronaut uh, space maneuvers, but uh, she had some sort of like chair that she was sitting at that had like mm-hmm. thruster sort of power, so she was able to thrust around. But as a safety measure, in order to keep from thrusting away from the spacecraft, yeah, yeah, they clipped her in just as you'd like clip in if you were climbing, or at least most right. people, unless you're free soloing it. But you know, right. uh, so yeah. clip in makes sense. Yeah, it does okay. make sense. I I. I was frustrated when they when they waited so long until uh, like reeling her back in because they were like kind of you know uh, spinning for a little it was bit to get that beautiful pan shot <laughs> of the orange red tether against yeah. the space with them wrapped up in it. You need some yeah. good Wasn't orange it dramatic? and blue. In it, of it course, was dramatic. It was yeah. beautiful. Yeah, you know, I, I also thought that that shot just took too long. <laughs> so long, just yeah, reel them in. They they both have the rope or whatever yeah. it is. Like bring them in. And then I thought it was really funny that that same guy who was waiting to reel them in. So. He was there at the, I don't know what to call it, the opening of the spaceship with that other, the chemist, before they had the plan, before they knew they had to make the bomb. And they were just hanging there in their spacesuits. And they were <laughs> they were talking about the plan and they were saying like, okay, we're going to reach him in 40 minutes. So we have that amount of time to figure it out. And the both of them were just waiting like as if they were going to grab onto Matt Damon at any moment. <laughs> I 100% agree. I was not sure, number one, what they were doing. Number two, why they weren't clipped in. Like when the guy like dropped the bomb right. and then was having to like jump from spacecraft to come. I'm yeah. like, where yes. is your clipping? I mean, yeah. it wouldn't take that long. To safety just go precaution to clip here. In. Like safety, man. And right. why are you not going to help? Are you just assuming you're going to hang there for 40 minutes? Yeah, like I was not all hands sure. on deck I, here. Yeah, I have to say, I was not sure what the plan was there either. That was so funny to me. Safety last. Safety last. NASA. (laughs) (laughs) Plan the least. Um, Okay. How JPL was founded. Do you know this tale? Yeah, sure. Yeah, and and they they pretty much nailed it. it it's it's legend but true, mm. which is that uh, JPL started on campus at Caltech in the aerospace laboratories. Although I'm not sure they were called the aerospace laboratories. It was the beginning sort of of rocketry in the space age, and uh, some of the students and postdocs were making rocket fuel and wanting to test rockets. And Caltech thought, hmm, maybe not the smartest thing right in the middle of campus. So they sent them up to the Arroyo Seco uh, up on the outskirts of Pasadena and said, do it there. (laughs) Test your rockets over there. And that's how JPL was born. And there was like a few experiments that went wrong and like had like there was fires and then they got it right, supposedly. 
uh, you know, I don't know that I'm sure that some experiments went wrong and some experiments went right. I don't I don't know that there are any particular hugely dramatic uh, I, instances. Did you do some some Wikipedia? I did some very quick. And, well, uh, on the JPL website, yeah. they talk about what it. What did they say? It says, where is it? It says four times on the first day in 1936. They tried to test... 1936? 1936. What? They were doing rockets. I would not trust anybody with anything in 19... I wouldn't They were thought to be crazy. It was a time of like... The only time rockets were talked about was like weird sci-fi comics. Right. Probably the Twilight Zone. Exactly. Yeah, Twilight Probably Zone. Probably wasn't even out then. <laughs> Twilight Zone wasn't even popular. Um, and uh, and it says on their last attempt, they accidentally set fire to their oxygen line, which whipped around shooting fire. That sounds bad. Yeah, which, yeah. Sounds about 1936. <laughs> sounds like what would happen. <laughs> sounds like, yeah, pretty normal for that time. Early days of rockets. Um, but it says, yeah, the, the first rocket experiments in the history of JPL and that they tried again. Uh, half a month later, November 15th, 1936, and that's when the experiment worked. Oh, very nice. And they were known as the Rocket Boys. There you go. That, that makes sense. That was cool. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. Not necessarily a Fun. very creative name, but it's cool. Sounds cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, they said that his body at one point, I forget who says it, but somebody, they're talking about like, they don't want to get pictures of Mars or like release it to the public because oh, pictures people of will, dead astronauts. Right, pictures yeah. of dead astronauts. Yeah, and especially in this day and age, it'd be trending. Yeah, yeah there'd be hashtag All dead Martian. Yeah. yeah, or whenever the Martian is, which is probably like in the future a little bit when there's something beyond Twitter. Right, which right. sounds frightening. I don't know. Yeah. what that would be. Um, but uh, but yeah, so he says there's a line where he's like, "Well, it's not going to decompose, man. You know, like that body's just going to be there," and so. Is is that why is that because of the atmosphere on Mars or because of the suit or? Yeah, well, uh, bodies mostly decompose on Earth because little microbes eat them. Oh, okay. Mm. And if there's uh, yeah, if you're inside a suit and there's no little microbes, you're just gonna stay there. Just gonna stay like intact. Well, like uh, you know, like think of uh, the the bodies like on the top of Everest. Oh. Yeah, oh. similar idea, fewer I just, microbes. I just thought that was ice that kept those. Mars, Mars is cold, too. Cold, uh, cold, dry, no life, almost like the top of Mount Everest. Boom. Uh, okay. Yeah. Little bugs hate uh, the cold, which is something I have in common with little bugs. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> little bugs have got it right. They got it right. <laughs> yeah. They, they deserve a lot more credit than we give them. True. Um, okay, so... They, one of my most frustrating uh, things about this movie is that he couldn't get in touch with anyone back home or the space station for the bulk of the movie. Eventually, he, like, uh, finds that rover. Oh, this was my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, I thought that was strange, too. I, I agree with you. Oh, this okay. was my favorite. Okay, some disagreement in Wait, the Wait, so which aspect of it was your favorite? What do you mean? Oh, my favorite is how he figured out how to eventually talk to NASA again. I mean, I dug that too. You're right. That was cool. Go cool. out and dig up like the remains a of the Pathfinder rover. mission. Like, go on a trek, harvest the whole Pathfinder lander, stick it, bring it back to the hab, make it work. That it's was pretty cool. Awesome. I would, and I was curious if it was a real thing. I assume oh, it yeah, was like it a real It landed okay. in Acidalia Planitia, July 4th of 1997. Wow. It was the, the first rover that was sent to Mars ever. Oh. Uh, so it landed on that little platform pedal thing with the camera that he brought out. And then that little robot that was driving around, that was the Pathfinder rover. That was the first rover on Mars. Wow. Yeah. 
Pretty cool. So that was like my favorite part because part of my day job is I get to help drive rovers on Mars and select where they go. So it was really like a nice shout out to, you know, the robotic space program to have. It really saved the day in terms of Matt Damon. Yeah, you saved Matt Damon's life. Good. Robotic <laughs> program saved Matt Damon's life. That's yeah, pretty absolutely. sweet. And so that all makes sense as far as like you could dig it up and it would still work the way yeah. that it worked. and Probably. Yeah, they, they wow. had some back and forth uh, at the very beginning of, oh, what do you think happened to it? You know, and they right. thought just some component broke. So assuming he was able to bring it in and had the tools to fix it. Yeah, sure. Working satellite dish. Yeah. And he would know where, like, is it still up there? Do we have it back? Uh, no, so nothing nothing that we sent to Mars so far uh, comes back. It all just stays on the surface. Whoa. Yeah, because otherwise you'd have to, like, land a rocket to launch right. it back off. Oh, right, of course. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. So, In my head, I just saw, like... All these rovers collecting rocks and and whatnot, and then bringing it back. But yeah, it doesn't make sense to bring it back, I guess, because we don't well, have that. Yeah, technology. although the next rover that we're going to launch in, in 2020, it's going to collect samples that hopefully we are going to send a rocket and then bring them back. Bring them back. Bring just them like, back. Just <laughs> like Matt Damon. Man. <laughs> That's great. Um, so yeah, I well, okay. So my question, I guess, was more. And you're right. I did love that aspect of the film, but but why wouldn't they have on the habitat there like some back up uh, generator, communicator, yeah. Yeah, it seemed to be a little sloppy because even the rovers have uh, low-gain antenna, high-gain antenna, UHF antenna, mm-hmm. so there are three ways <laughs> <laughs> that even the little the little rovers <laughs> communicate, so it did seem kind of funny that the HAB did not have, I 100% agree with you. Okay. Probably just trying to make it difficult for Matt yeah. Damon, yeah. Trying to make it hard on Matt Damon. Man, this whole, this whole thing is just trying to make it hard on Matt Damon. Yeah. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Leave Matt Damon alone. Let's get that trending. (laughs) Leave Matt Damon alone. Let him just hang out here on Earth. What's the big deal? The movie would have been more fun. Um, So they, I I can't remember how long it takes for them to like realize that he's up and moving, but that also, did that strike you as like it took too long? Like wouldn't, I don't know. I just assume that there are scientists like looking at, especially if we were just there, uh, you know, satellite images of Mars or like live footage. Well, not like live, but you know, twelve minutes later, however long it takes to get back. Right. And they mentioned they didn't want to put like a the picture of the dead astronaut out, but like, right. wouldn't they be able to see it and be like, oh, well, let's let's look at it, right, before letting everyone else or like some like uh, uh monitor of like something's moving on Mars that is not normally moving, or I don't know. Sensors. Yeah. So, well, let, let's see. So Mars right now um, has a lot of satellites in orbit around it. A few from the U.S., a few from European Space Agency, one from Indian Space Agency, actually. Hey. Uh, and more on the way. Oh, yeah. Shout out. Shout out. I think it's pretty My awesome. People. I think what it's up? awesome. It's becoming the international what spot up, Vikram? to be. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we don't, like, have, like, real-time live continuous video feed right now, like your weather satellite or whatever oh. around, around Mars the way we do do for Earth. There's no like MarsNet. Uh, some of us in mm-hmm. in uh, NASA space exploration are talking about how useful that would be because we want to learn more about Mars weather and how it works. And hey, if Matt Damon gets stuck or there's another crew down there, then we could tell him about the weather. Yeah, maybe give him a, a little more advanced warning of this dust storm. That would right. seem uh, useful. But you know, it's t minus two minutes at least. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> right, more than more than two minutes. But uh, let's see. So right now, though, uh, with the orbiters around Mars, it takes about 
two weeks before you get back to cover the same spot. Okay. So okay. there's some time in between. So even if they, they sent a bunch more satellites, they still would have some kind of a repeat rate time. So that it took a f- mm. I mean, it was a few days, right? It, I, don't, I don't remember. Two, two weeks, I think, right? Yeah, sometime. Okay. I don't remember. Movie, something yeah. like that. I just remember by the time they realized it, I was like, yeah, yeah duh. They, they needed to wait to get a before-after image so because they, uh, they had the before right. that they were looking against and then Sounds they saw pretty that accurate. They yeah, now they so know it's it pretty out. accurate. I mean, it sounded like they had improved their capabilities because they had some sort of advanced early weather warning system, but it kind of sucked. So mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe that was on the ground. I don't know. Yeah, pretty odd. Especially considering we have people that have been to Mars already. That makes me just think like, oh, they put GoPros everywhere. And we're just going to be yeah, looking at that. Yeah, we just know everything. We've seen it all. I think it'd yeah. be super cool to have a Mars weather network to monitor it all the time. That'd yeah. be awesome. We'll make it happen. That'd be Get awesome. We Mars should make it happen. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah. You. I mean, Bethany, I feel like that's a good job it'd for you. fun to report on the Mars weather every day. You can just toss that in there. <laughs> yeah. Weather in Anaheim, weather in yeah. Santa Monica, weather on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> weather on Mars, the complete planet weather. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, today's really dusty. The entire planet is really dusty. Um... He, at one point, gets a decaying radioactive isotope out of the ground. So I was wondering, because they kind of also skim over, like, why that was there. They, yeah, they He says generation. how dangerous it is. Power oh, okay. Generation, yeah. For the... Probably for their habitat module, I guess. Okay. I didn't 100% understand that either. I, maybe there were more than one of them, because mm. I was like, is that your power source for your whole habitat? Because then you'd be depowered. But it seemed like yeah. his habitat was just fine. So maybe they buried a couple of them. I don't know. That wasn't super clear. Okay. I didn't quite get it. Yeah, I thought that was a little bit odd. And then also... That that's the plan is to bury something that's so dangerous and put a flag. Is that do well? We do that? I think it was because they needed it for for power at least at some point in time. I didn't quite understand the details. I didn't okay. though. Rewind, fast forward, rewind, fast forward to listen <laughs> to the dialogue. So maybe there is some sort of an explanation. But yeah, I didn't get that part either. I yeah. mean, but you would you would if you were bringing a radioactive power source, mm-hmm. you would want it for the power, but you would want to bury it or something just just in case there was a leak. Okay, that makes sense then. And for warmth, it would. It, yeah, I mean, it would let probably off some hot. heat. Yeah, and in yeah. fact, um, so there's it, it's uh, RTG is what it is on the rover, and it looks a lot like what he pulled on the ground. I, I think it's a radioisotope thermal generator. I don't remember <laughs> quite what the acronym stands for, but that's what's on the the Curiosity rover. That's on what's on Mars now. It it oh. generates heat, and the heat is used to make electricity, and that powers the rover. Oh, very cool. Wow. Okay, we're going to take a quick little short break, and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go, back to the show about science. Okay, so Donald Glover is in this movie and plays a very odd character. and For like 10 minutes. Yeah, Two? he's not in the movie for that long, but... I've, and, and Did he have like one day free? Was that what happened? <laughs> yeah, they got him for a day. <laughs> he just shrink yeah. all of his shoots into <laughs> yeah. less than 24 hours. I This was honestly a part of the movie that made me feel like we can do without this because the movie's so long and I don't need this in there. I love Donald Glover. I think he's yeah, awesome. Fantastic. fantastic. But the character seemed out of place for me. It, it was like we didn't have any real like proper intro to him we just meet him he's in this messy room where he's doing astrodynamics drinking coffee and drinking a lot of coffee and somehow he's the guy that's gonna solve it whereas all these like brilliant nasa people couldn't figure out well he is a brilliant nasa person he's just quirky 
he's a quirky, brilliant quirky. NASA person <laughs> who has this very out of place scene, in my opinion. I don't know. I, I wanted to see how you felt about it, where he's explaining stuff with a stapler, and these are also really brilliant NASA people. It's not like they're Neil and I. No offense, yeah. Neil. No, no offense. Um, and so he's explaining like the slingshot type plan, which just seems to me like a pretty basic, uh, I don't know, plan. So did that strike you at all as like odd? Yeah, I mean, I, it, well, the plan didn't strike me as odd. The plan is, I think, the brilliant plan that, that brings them back. But but I kind of agree with you about the, the character development right. of, yes. of, somebody... of Glover's character. It's like, you know, from just a cinematic perspective, it, it either seemed... Uh, underdeveloped or unnecessary, right? Like you right. have to either develop yeah. it more or check it out. But uh, you know that someone had to come up with this brilliant trajectory is right. true. But did you need to show that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, couldn't have been any of those other NASCA guys. That's what I'm saying. Kristen Wiig or right. know, or the the Asian, the one Asian dude in the movie. I mean, maybe it's in the book. I haven't read the book. Have you guys read the book? No. I don't read. I told you. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Still barely, Still barely <laughs> able to do it. Nope. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I don't, I, maybe that's what I could kind of just, the way that I made sense of it in my head. I was just like, oh, maybe it's in the book and there's just not enough time in a movie to develop his character, etc. But yeah, I just thought like Kristen Wiig's character or one of these other, you know, Jeff Daniels or like somebody, somebody could have thought figured of that out and we would have probably felt more uh, oh, okay, yeah. inspired or, or right. whatever. And it would have been an hour, half an hour shorter. <laughs> <laughs> um, no offense, really, Scott. Love your films. Oh, it was a good movie. Uh, we all love the movie. Yeah. A little long. You'd, well, have, you'd have taken some aggressive pruning shears. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. What would you have cut? What Donald do you think? Glover. Okay. <laughs> but like we said, that's, you know, uh, maybe 10 minutes of the film. Maybe. I'm just saying, are there right, aspects right. of it where you felt like, oh, this could go? Um, I don't know. I mean, I felt like there were just so many moments where it was like, oh, he's not going to make it. And it's like, just cut one of those, mm -hmm. you know? It just, there was, there was too many times where it was like, oh, now he's going to die. And it's like, well, yeah, we know, but he's not going to. And just like get to <laughs> when he's not going to die. Yeah. You I know? liked, yeah, because I liked all the MacGyver stuff. I like oh, I all love that. Figuring stuff out, et cetera. But you're right. There was like, I mean, three too many moments when, but it's also like what two years or something that he's uh, right stranded. Yeah. So I guess there would be a lot of problems, right? Oh, that's true. Fair. Yeah, I don't know. Well, uh, are we gonna get to the slingshot situation? The the actual sure the the science of it. So I had, I had a question about the how they had to like uh, remove so that they had to go really fast. Uh, that's, that's that was a term used in the movie actually. <laughs> right? He, yeah, he yeah, makes fun of it. That's true. It was like they don't usually oh, say when, really when fast. you're launching him off when he is going off Mars. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah, he had to go really fast. Yeah, and then they had to drop a bunch of weight. And so like they all the weight almost all the feel, weight. feels like so they had to take like the hood yep. off and like the sides and all stuff. the Is windows that, the windows and then put a tarp over it mm -hmm. that doesn't feel like it would be scientifically does that make okay, any sense? Okay, you know the answer is I have no idea about the tarp in the in the Mars <laughs> okay. atmosphere. They gave some sort of an explanation yeah. of when the resistance hits the you're basically when it flies off you're going to be you're the atmosphere is thin anyway, <laughs> which is sort of true. But I'm I'm just like I don't I don't really know how this works because yeah, I don't know enough about the tarp like, thing rocket dynamics. Seem, yeah, it seemed like he would just go flying out of the thing, and the tarp well, came was, off. 
belted in. Oh, right. he's belted in. Right. Okay. I just to me, what the problem the tarp came off. I mean, but it wasn't protecting him. See, that's the thing that I don't quite understand because it was. Mm. It wasn't like the tarp wasn't going to protect him. He was in his spacesuit, breathing, mm-hmm. fully contained atmosphere anyway. So it right. was like. But what I don't know is, you know, how hot does it get from like friction of a rocket go like yes. wouldn't that heat up? Like, that would that was be my problem the concern with it. Should be? So I don't know, but I don't know these things. Like yeah. that's not what I do. I'm not a okay. you know aerospace engineer. I that was my main thing. I well, a I thought the whole issue was like completely crazy that they yeah. couldn't get. Like, isn't the they point? They need to get the rocket high enough, and that, that's the thing. Like, it wasn't used to going as high as it needed to get in order what was for that area to the be purpose able to catch it? it. Well, they were lightweighting it in order to get it higher up so that it would it could encounter the Aries when the Aries sw- right, swung right. By. But I'm saying, what is like because it has rockets on it. So where where what is it like meant to do? What the he rocket was on. that he took up. Yes. Yeah. I think uh, I think I understood from the plot that they pre-landed it for the next crew. Hmm. Hmm. They so pre-landed they, it. They pre-landed it in Chaparelli Crater for this next mission that they kept talking about, like to like Ares add on to. A, well, just because. Uh, uh, well, okay. Most people, when you think about exploring or colonize Mars, you send the supplies ahead of time, mm-hmm. and then you send the astronauts because you can't send it all in one big gigantonormous ship because you can't land that. Thing. Okay. So mm. you split it up. So you send some supplies, some hab modules. You might send your rocket first. And then you, once you're all prepared, then you send your crew. And so I think they were staging that in Chaparelli Crater. Oh. And so that's why he had to get there, because that's where there was a rocket just conveniently hanging around sitting right. on Mars. Okay. For the next mission. Yeah, but but it was like set up to rendezvous with that model, and he needed to make it go higher or something like that to rendezvous right. for his rescue mission. Yeah, so I it thought, kind of makes sense. It was like one of those things. It was like, yeah, okay, I'm following the logic thought, train. I'm on your logic train. Okay, yeah, yeah. I thought it kind of made sense too, but it did feel like quick that they yeah, were kind of quick. explaining. It was real quick. I didn't really. There was real and no for such down. a long film, it was like at least get me to on board yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, here. Yeah, you just yeah, skim past more. it. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, just the whole taking off the top, put a tarp, get rid of the windows. It felt like whoa, this is really you're going overboard here with the uh, yeah with, with the with the dilemmas with the the problems. What like, else could you possibly and the Heat is where I, I don't know. I was just concerned about like, if I'm on a thing with huge rockets, I want to be so protected. Yeah, we need to get an aerospace engineer in here. Brett, dissect this. Brett, stuff. come on. on okay, great. So it. it'll be any minute now. Right, Somebody will get in. If Brett says on it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's over. Um, okay, so. What else is there? I mean, the duct tape thing I thought was silly. Oh, you want me to tell you? Yeah, you want me to say what 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 uh, bothers the astronauts I've yeah, talked to? Yeah, please, please, of course. Okay, so something that that bothers astronauts I've talked to is um, the 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 shattering helmet, where the helmet actually, you know, because the helmet is actually designed to be like your car windshield, like it breaks but it doesn't like shatter. Okay, and so mm-hmm. that he had a big old hole in his helmet with lots of fractures that that bothered some of my astronaut colleagues a lot. So wait, what would happen? Just like smaller, just uh, smaller cracks that kind of spider webby crack, like like mm. like your your tempered glass is not designed to uh, shatter to shatter. Right. Got it. It's designed it's a mirror. to kind of it's collapse, a... <laughs> fracture in place. Yeah. So so that bothered my astronaut colleagues. So I, I think the duct tape solution would actually work though. Like it would seal. It would seal it, but but their point okay. was that helmets don't break like that. <laughs> I was watching with a friend of mine, and her comment was like, "Is it duct tape or is it like space tape?" 
Oh, duct tape or space tape. I don't know. Duct tape's pretty advanced stuff, yeah. man. You can do a lot with duct you tape. You can do so much with duct tape. Duct tape I amazing, agree. I was just curious stuff. if you guys had, you know, some secret I, duct tape. I don't tape. think you need I, space tape. I think no. you just need duct Dude, tape. Dude, I got, I got tied to a stop sign in uh, high school when I was a freshman <laughs> with duct tape. Couldn't get out. Yeah. Freshman Friday. I was did you, uh, did you do something to deserve that, Neil? Or, uh... I was a freshman. That's all I did. <laughs> I just showed up to school, man. Do anything. <laughs> I'm really sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, I'm okay. I hope those people got what they deserve. <laughs> I, there's, I have no idea. <laughs> <I don't> <laughs> oh, you're not still friends with them? Nah. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, let me text them. <laughs> <laughs> let me text them. Um, so the uh, the team that they, I forget already what it was called, Hermes? Or, is that right? Yeah, the I believe so. People that, like the mission, the, the other five mm-hmm. of them or so, yeah. um, They, I know that they told them late that they sure. that Matt yeah. Damon was still alive which I also thought was a bit weird like it was much more of a big deal like to Matt Damon like he was furious when they told him like listen they're on a mission we don't want to distract them so we haven't told them that you're still alive and he starts like yelling what the fuck and we see it from outside the thing right um so I was just like why is Was he- it PG-13 the movie? Ooh cuz he didn't cuz he didn't cuss cuz he they mouthed it Right. And I was like, why? Well, he can't say fuck? Must be PG-13. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on the, on the movie up. that I watched, there was definitely some F-bombs dropped, oh, I think. Uh, I'm pretty I, sure. Brett, what do we got? Sure. PG-13. PG-13. Because you get one. Yeah. You, you get, get one. One. Oh, you maybe get one. there was only one. Maybe yeah. you were yelling Yeah, maybe you. Yeah. That's the rule. Yeah, you get one. Only one. You get okay, one. Well, it might be that there was only there's one. There's probably I one. I wasn't counting. Yeah. I yeah. wasn't counting. Yeah, that's probably one. But I mean, yeah, it was a smooth one. I don't smooth. know. That one was smooth too, because I I know what he said. Like it was clear, <laughs> was clear. but they got yeah. away with it. So uh. that's pretty funny. So uh, as a note to filmmakers here, aspiring filmmakers, if you want to make a PG thirteen movie, but you want to use f words, mouth it. But just mouth it. Just mouth it. Film it from we outside know. the the room. We know we're not like what the what? What is the? <laughs> What's other? he saying? What the yeah. heck? What's yeah. he talking about? <laughs> we all get it. And yeah, we got it. <laughs> um, okay, great. So. I mean, do you have more questions on the film? Because I have I had, Mars I had few, questions, but keep going. I had a couple. Um, so the launch, again, um, why weren't... So they weren't able to get close enough to him. Was Is there an issue with, like, the atmosphere? Like, with the sh- their ship getting too close to the atmosphere? Because they were like, oh, it's not going to reach. It's just, We're too far. I'm like, well, you're in the ship. Can't you just maneuver over? <laughs> Can't you right. Can't you Star Wars over there? What's going <laughs> yeah, on? Yeah, you know, that's the thing. Is there, there like, we don't really have X-Wings uh, <laughs> right now. And, okay. uh, you know, so, so, so your maneuvers <laughs> have to be with uh, thrusters. And they're not just like, you know, right. I, I'm making a zoom noise and, right. like, directly going in reverse <laughs> with my hand, which right. you cannot see on the radio. But, uh, yeah, we don't have that. Uh, uh, and so you have to do your maneuvers uh, relatively slowly. I mean, they're still kind of fast, but like right. relatively slowly. And they also couldn't go too low into Mars because then they just like fly straight by. They needed to be able to slingshot around Mars back to get to Earth. So they couldn't get too close. Otherwise, gotcha. they were just going to like head out in space forever. Yeah. Ah. It seemed like they were close. So there was because they had to stay on kind of a more or less on a on a certain trajectory in order to be able to do their to slingshot thing. Okay. So mm-hmm. so yeah, they, they needed to like figure out how to meet that rocket taken off to the one slingshotting around. Okay. I, w- I was also going to ask about just like heart monitor type stuff because they didn't, they thought he was dead just because 
there was a storm and he got hit and I they think left. It said they, they 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 explained that one away. It said the piece oh. impaled his biomonitor, so his biomonitor oh. went dead. That makes sense. Then. Okay, that makes sense. They explained that one away. Nice job. Yeah, the Martian. They're covering their bases. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Surprisingly, I, way more accurate than I expected. Yeah, yeah. Seems like a lot of stuff really checks out. But I will say, we are talking to a fierce uh, proponent of this movie. Yeah, really a huge <laughs> oh, fan. Yeah. Yeah. Is all about. I've, I've got, I've got no, no horse in this game. Uh, I, just I don't, know, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I seem biased. Because, uh, Executive uh, producer. It is, it is how. Uh, <laughs> well, that'd be fun, man. That would be cool. Ah, that'd be great, actually. But uh, yeah, to anyone uh, listening, uh, to, to anyone listening on future yeah. uh, future consideration, yeah. you know, Doctor Beth Ridley at Caltech, you out yeah, there, Ridley? Ridley? If you're uh, making I, another, if you're making the Martian too, Spielberg, what's up? Cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I liked it because, you know. I get to work with these super creative engineers who just figure out how to solve the problem, right? Like yeah. we, uh, as an example of a real life, figure out how to solve the problem. Great. Okay, so the Curiosity rover, which is on Mars now that I'm like privileged enough to be part of the team to, to work on driving it around, doing cool science. Okay, so we have a drill on that rover that collects, like drills into it a rock and collects the Mars dust and delivers it to some instruments in the rover. Cool. Okay, something in the drill broke. The, the drill feed uh, for the bit kind of broke. So it no longer functioned properly. Whoa. Um, but the engineers figured out a way to do the drilling um, in this totally different MacGyvered way where they didn't feed the bit out slowly as it was designed to do. They just stuck the bit out and then they started using the the sensors on the arm to stabilize it as it was drilling and react. And it took you know months to figure this out. But even though we have a broken drill, we are now again drilling on Mars because they figured out a way to make it work with what they had on the rover and these it's other insane. sensors. So, Crazy. like, this stuff happens, and it's like the way of just having to figure out how to solve the problem with what you've got is like one of the most fun parts of working in NASA. Yeah. Because, you know, it's not like you can just ship the rover back to the manufacturer and be like, it's broken. Can you right. send me a replacement? <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. You got to no figure it out. No 1-800 number? You can't just <laughs> yeah. call, speak yeah. to someone. Send someone out there. So it's fun. And that's what I liked about the movie. So that's why I'm, That's why you get this, like, proponent vibe. Because I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's the world that I like to live in is this red world where you, like, solve the problem, get it done, figure it out. I was very into that. That's true. That is really yeah, fun. That was really cool. Have there ever been, to your knowledge, like a sort of rescue type uh, mission? I mean, we've all seen Apollo 13. Oh, astronaut style rescue? Sure. You know, I don't know the answer to that question. I'm sure that there's stuff that's happened on these various missions that, you know, we in the public have not widely heard about close calls and Whoa. whatnot. I mean, just last week, right, there was an abort going to the International Space Station. Uh, you guys see that in the news? No, the, no, the I don't read. Yeah, so it was last week. <laughs> Neil, you don't have to keep saying that. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. The, I don't know the details of what happened, but there was uh, two two uh, astronauts uh, were were on their way to the International Space Station, but something went wrong on the way, and so it was an abort, and they, you know, like parachuted down rather than making it all the way to the station. Wow. So, you know, stuff stuff happens, happens when you're trying to, to go there. to space. Space is hard. Are you saying that there's also like secret 
NASA information that they don't put out because in the movie they there stress to be. that it's like a public funded thing. Yeah, it's publicly funded. So all the images that we get are released within 24 hours. So that is exactly the thing. You'd have 24 hours to figure <laughs> to out spin it. what your what your press release is going to be because that image is coming out in 24 hours. Wow. Um, because, yeah, when they hit the ground, they're either released immediately or they're released on this 24 hour uh, thing. So so that that's that's real. Um, mm. You know, I'm that's sh- why they couldn't put the image of the dead. OK, yeah, because I was like, why right. don't they just hide it? Just delete it. Yeah. <laughs> I had to delete stuff on my phone all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not NASA. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, True. so they're yeah they're actually following the rules in the movie, which is nice, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I just assume there's like, I don't know. Yeah, there's got to be some secret. I mean, there's probably st- stuff that's happened on various various missions. If you were to go mm-hmm. do a FOIA request, get all the records, you know, plunk them on your desk, go through every single transcript, every single reading of every single sensor, you'd probably find stuff that had gone wrong or almost very wrong that I would they had say to that uh, we could send Neil to do it, but the dude yeah. doesn't read. He doesn't read. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's going to take uh, forever. Brett? <laughs> on it. Oh, Brett's on it. Okay, so on it'll it. be done very soon. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I wanted um, some, some updates from you on what's going on right now on Mars. I know the Insight yeah. is up there or like heading there in a few months, is that correct? Yeah, so they, so uh, it takes a while to get to Mars. <laughs> the movie, the movie got that right. Yeah, so, how long? Uh, when when they're at their closest, it takes about seven months to okay. get in between Earth and Mars. So the Insight mission launched, I believe it was May. Someone needs to fact check me on that, but it's uh, mm. going to be landing at the end of November. Um, Ooh, so on the way to Mars, soon. landing pretty soon, coming up, wow. coming up. Okay. And uh, as I mentioned, the Mars 2020 rover is getting built over at JPL, and we're talking landing sites this week and going to do the selection. Wow. Uh, Europe also has plans to send a Mars rover either in 2020 or 2022, and they're actively building that hardware. Cool. So that's exciting. Okay, Europe. So lots, lots, <laughs> lots going on on the Mars front. Okay, great. And the opportunity, what's the latest? on um, how that's going. Is it yeah, still- so Opportunity has still not phoned home. Uh, so we're, we're a little bit worried about Opportunity. So after the dust storm, the dust is cleared now in the atmosphere that it should be getting enough light to its solar panels. However, because of the dust storm, dust settles on solar panels. So yeah. it's not clear. Um, there, there was, so the high-rise imager, like we were talking about before, after shots of Mark Watney's uh, landing site. So the high-rise mm-hmm. imager has taken shots of the Mars uh, uh, Opportunity rover before, after dust storm, and you can hardly see it in the after shot. Whoa. It's just like covered camo. Uh, you know, those solar panels are covered. So we're hoping to hear from it. Uh, we're gonna keep keep. You know, NASA's keeping listening, mm-hmm. but uh, all kinds of funny things can happen to a rover if it goes super low power. It, its clock can get offset so that it's not calling NASA at the right time. So right. it takes a little. Uh, so we're hopeful that Opportunity will still fo- phone home, but uh, looking challenging at the moment. Okay, mm-hmm. unknown right now. Challenging, yeah. How many like machines do we have on Mars in total right now? Let's see. I'm going to have to rattle them off because uh, so of the ones that are still working, uh, we have, okay, Insights on the way, along with two little CubeSats, actually, called called Marco. They're small, little small satellites that are about the size of a shoebox. Oh. And they're going to demo new small sat technology at Mars, snap some pictures of Mars's moons on the way. So that's, that's cool. That's cute. So What's Insight, that called? Cube? It's called Marco. It stands for Mars Marco. Cube One. Oh, okay. Hopefully the first in a set of many. Anyway, they're going to they're gonna do some cool science, and they're also going to monitor Insight as it descends. 
friends. But anyway, those are on the way to Mars. Uh, Opportunity, we hope, is still active on Mars. Uh, Curiosity is actively exploring on Mars. Uh, In Mars orbit are um, the Mars Orbiter mission from India. Uh, Hey, Vikram, what up? Shout out, shout out. (laughs) Shout out. Mars Express and ExoMars from the European Space Agency uh, and Mars Odyssey and the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter and the MAVEN spacecraft from NASA. So there's a lot going on at Mars. Yeah. Yeah. It's an exciting place. And I'm assuming... Another dumb question, but uh, I'm assuming uh, all the agencies like communicate with each other on like where they're landing and going. And yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. wait, you guys are here. <laughs> oh my what? bad. What? Good to oh, see you. Good cool, to see cool. You. What's up, hey man, what's up? that's my landing site, yeah. not yours. Yeah, right. no, people talk to each other. Okay, cool. So that's there's going to be several. Like there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. on there's Mars. a lot of stuff going on. That's yeah. so cool. And Same what about place. the? I don't know. I don't want to say competition because that sounds weird. But like the whole SpaceX. Uh, privately funded uh, space. Oh, what about Elon Musk? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's 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 put out plans to go to Mars, and uh, I ho- I hope he does. I mean, so SpaceX does most of their work on contract with NASA, so their biggest contracts are to launch or to you know launch astronauts and okay. supply missions to the International Space Station. So NASA's putting a lot of money into SpaceX uh, because they've got a competitive business, and you know they're. Good contract to deliver to the International Space Station. So I hope they build up their capabilities to be able to land things on Mars. I think it'd be incredibly exciting if we had a commercial company who also, you know, uh, could could do that. Just adds to the adds to the party of uh, potential <laughs> Mars people party. to do things yeah. on Mars. Yeah. So I'm super excited about the plans of SpaceX. And okay, great. Yeah. And no uh, no fears or cons to them doing their thing and NASA I don't know uh, so th- there's a lot more communication than than uh, I think is is let off is, is, is apparent okay yeah. <laughs> yeah there's there's like memoranda of understanding and uh, yeah. lots of help uh, kind of going uh, going back and forth in terms of how to do things in space so yeah it's a cool. good it's a good partnership mm. oh okay that's good to know so if they had Elon Musk's space car uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, how have you? Do you know anything about the space car? Or you know, I don't. The the Tesla that like yeah. launched in space. I don't know. Yeah. It's do you on, think that could have uh, saved Matt? Oh, <laughs> we just send them a Tesla Roadster and see what yeah. happens. I mean, it seems like they can do anything with that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Great. Well, this was really fun. Uh, Neil, you have something else you want to? I don't know. Uh, ask her about or, Mars. No, I don't. I don't think so. I think. Uh, I think we covered it. I'm trying to think if there's anything weird in the movie. Um. No, I don't think so. Okay, everything yeah. checks out. Everything kind of well, checked I, out. Not everything checked. You know, yeah. the helmets, the impaled by the windstorm. So not everything checks right, out. Right, right. Not everything. But they did pretty, pretty well. Pretty. They good. got the spirit. Yeah. I thought none of it was accurate. I was like, you can't grow stuff. You can't. Right. You know, the, there's none of the, what Matt Damon's not gonna go to the Mars. What? <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> kind of makes me feel crappy that we don't just grow stuff here as much as we can. Like I should be able to grow stuff. In my apartment. I grow stuff. You can do I it in Mars. Plants. I got a few plants. Oh. I just started, oh, So I'm the weird yeah, one Yeah, you're the weird one. Yeah, I don't even read and I grow stuff. So Damn it. I, I got to grow up. Growing cilantro. You're growing cilantro? Whoa. So good. Yeah. It's so good, oh, man. Fresh cilantro. Fresh cilantro. I, I Out of a potato? Hate, uh, no. Oh. It's a plant. Oh, right, <laughs> so right. That makes sense. I have a deck. And oh, put sure. Up. It's so good, man. It's Damn. unbelievable. Yeah. Come on. Put over. it in some guac. What do you do uh, with yeah, it? Yeah, make it tacos and I just like sprinkle it on top that and shred great. it. It's oh it's so good. Come over. Yeah. Come over. Sounds great. Absolutely. Love to. Let's go Sounds right now. Yes. I would yeah. love to talk about it. Teach me how to read. It's all just a plan for <laughs> yeah, you to learn how to read. Uh what are you growing, Bethany? 
Let's see. I've got some basil and tomatoes. Wow. And Making a caprese over here. Pepper. Yeah. Oh, peppers. peppers. Still going strong. And, and some oregano. Ooh. Yeah. So got the, we got the, we got the nice. herbs going. Got herbs. I got snap peas, too. Snap peas. Ooh. Yeah. That's Those fantastic. Good. Yeah. Real good. Man. Okay. I have a lot of work to do today. I want to start growing. I want a garden. Yeah. None well, of us are growing potatoes, though. I know. No. Uh, yeah. no. I kind of want yet. to now. Yeah. It looks it looked difficult. Didn't look easy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Ish. it looked yeah. difficult on Mars. Right. <laughs> It'd probably be a lot easier. Like, I kind of want to use manure. I don't know. If <laughs> I don't, what? I Why not? Yeah. I want mine vacuum sealed. <laughs> Am I the only one that wants that? That's pretty cool. <laughs> no, that's pretty gross. You are the only one. I want it vacuum sealed, and I want it by name. I want to know who did it. Because <laughs> it said, like, it labeled each astronaut, which I thought was hilarious. It doesn't even matter. Like, they're so organized that they're not only vacuum sealing their boot, but they're vacuum sealing it by person. So I guess they have to, like, sign in when they go to the bathroom. Didn't, Maybe. You, didn't you see when he sat down in the toilet? There was a little sign-in sheet. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the computer knows who's, know. uh, yeah. who's poop. If someone clogs the toilet, it'll be obvious <laughs> who it was. Um, but yeah, if you have something to plug, you have dates coming up, please. Um, yeah, I will be in uh, San Diego Madhouse uh, November 30th, December 1st. Uh, I will be in Minneapolis this coming weekend uh, okay. doing the 10,000 Laughs Festival. Okay. And I will be in Eau Claire, Wisconsin doing the Plus, which is going to be fun. And I'm every Friday, uh, I'm in Santa Monica at the Westside Comedy Theater. Every Friday I'm in town. If I'm not in town, the show is still amazing. Go check it out. Great. All right. Go see Neil, everybody. Yeah, Neil's fantastic. Check, out, Neil. yeah, please, check him out on the Santa interweb. Monica. Where can they find you on the internet? Oh, just my website, neilnanda.com. That's Neil with two E's because uh, mm-hmm. I am Indian. And uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, at Neil Nanda. Boom. Fantastic. And Bethany? Can we go to the JPL uh, laboratory? Yeah, you can check and... me out. I'm, I'm Googleable. Uh, <laughs> first name Bethany, last name Elman, E H L M A N N. You can see what me and my group have been up to down at Caltech up at JPL. It's it's fun. And uh, stay tuned for more more news from Mars, from the from the rovers, from landing site workshops, and then Insight coming up. Absolutely, I and can't wait. Can, and can we? Take a trip and go check out the facilities take over there. Take a trip to Mars. Take a, that'd yeah, be amazing. Can I? Can you? Can we sign me up too? Yeah. Can we all take a trip to Mars? No. To uh, to JPL. Yeah. Check out to... check out times for the JPL open house. They do it once a year. This year's already oh. passed, but uh, yeah, uh, keep a, keep an eye out. JPL open house, pretty fun. Okay, that's awesome. it, guys. Thank you so much. Thank I really you. had a great time. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, this is great. All right. Bye. Bad Science is hosted and produced by me, Ethan Edinburgh, and the executive predamon is Brett Kushner. Are you on Instagram and not following Bad Science? What's the point of your Instagram then? You can follow us at Bad Science Show. That's at Bad Science Show. We have all sorts of fun posts and quizzes that you are not going to want to miss. Uh, and feel free to send us an email at BadScienceAtSeeker.com. That's BadScienceAtSeeker.com. Let us know what film you'd like us to do next or anything I may have missed in the episode. And next week we're going to be doing it. It's October. It's Spooktober here. We're talking about spooky science. So, uh, so yeah, we're doing it, the very scary 2017 version of the Stephen King novel. You get it. Okay. See you then. Bye.